Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. Just got this tweet from the Carolina Panthers. Brian Burns did not practice today. So Chris Tabor will meet with the media roughly around 3 o'clock. We'll get an update on Brian Burns' status for this week's game for the Panthers. Speaking of the Panthers, got some audio we're going to play, including the former head coach of the Panthers, Matt Rule, who's in Nebraska now. You know, shucking corn and losing football games like he did here in Carolina. He joined the Pat McAfee show. Did you shuck corn here in Carolina, too? Oh, I don't know. All right. I wouldn't doubt it. But he said during his time with the organization, the Panther players, well, they don't want to buy into the college guy. We haven't brought it up yet, you know, because you're at Nebraska. You never going back to the NFL, you think? Never? I, I, you know, the hardest thing about being an NFL head coach coming from college is that you're coming from college. Like, I would do, like, you know, you start off and you do something. And they're like, oh, this college guy, even though you, even though you took it from Coach Coughlin, who's a Hall of Famer, you're like, that guy's, I mean, like, like uh, Pat Stewart, who I think AJ might know from Ohio State, Pat had been at, Pat had been in New England, he'd be like, hey, this is a great idea, or Matt Lombardi, like, hey, we did this with uh, Brian Flores, and you do it, and everyone's like, oh, this college guy, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> this is not my idea, but. Hey, Matt, whenever you give players uh, the way of the Panther, and you compare an NFL franchise to a Pepsi can, or just the idea of Pepsi, how do you expect grown men to buy in? And go back to what Ben Hartsock said to us back in the 1 o'clock hour about, you know, some people don't think that NFL players are the smartest bunch in the world, but they can smell BS when, when there is BS. That's all Matt Rule is. Well, and Matt Rule also brought not only so many people from the college staff and, you know, having Phil Snow a part of it. Everything was college, right? It was Matt Rule as the head coach. It was Phil Snow who had experience in the NFL and actually, I think, did a pretty nice job with the defense. There were some problems there, but I liked Phil Snow enough for what he was here doing um, on the defensive side of the ball. You also have Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. That might not have been Matt Rule's call. Feels like David Tepper really wanted Joe Brady fresh off of the championship that he helped LSU win along with Joe Burrow. But yeah, it feels like a lot of those players did not like the college way that Matt Rule was running not only practice, training camp, but also just the DBO signs everywhere. That's what made it feel very college-y. Even if, I, I don't know if Tom Coughlin gave them the DBO sign idea. Maybe no, there's some other ideas. middle finger when they did something wrong. Yeah, Tom Coughlin. I was about to say, Tom Coughlin, a little scary if you're taking ideas from him. Because, yes, he might have won a couple of Super Bowls, and that's important. But also, there's some stuff that the players didn't really like with Tom Coughlin either. Yeah, I mean, look, there's only so many Jimmy Johnsons and, like, and Pete Carroll's. Like, that's why they're few and far between. Not many coaches excel at the college level, go up a level, and win at the, the same level they won in college. It's it's hard. I, I I think college coaches, I think, you know, Brad Stevens proves to the NBA. I think you can go from college basketball to the NBA. It's still hard. It's still yeah. hard, but I, I, I think it's an easier transition from going to college football to the NFL. I wonder if when you're in college, 
if you're almost a player coach in college to where you don't you're not the dictator of sorts can you make that jump because matt rule does have so much control over everything and there was those reports too that he even had some control over what was released on social media i I, I mean even telling people what to do that would allow information to get outside of the locker room everything was so in-house and I, i get that from a lot of different coaches i know everybody else doesn't want all of their business to be out there in the streets like that yet he allowed matt rule had a lot of control yet he allowed the video of his butt crack being exposed while showing the defensive line of drill to be out there everything else we kept in house but that he wanted to make sure we saw i don't think (laughs) i really hope he didn't want to make sure that we saw his butt crack what you got fitty all right well matt rule's not the only one that said something that caught some headlines in panther land so did Cam Newton, former quarterback here in Carolina on his podcast, Fourth and One. He had this to say about game managers in the NFL and, and identified some really good QBs along the way. He's managing the game. And if we were to put that in its own right as game managers, Brock, Parody, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's, listen, I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. I'll go ahead and let the people know whenever Wes Bryant comes back, he's already called a foul line trip on himself. So whenever Wes is back on the mic, we're going to the foul line because Cam took a shot at Brock Purdy. Although I don't think Cam's wrong about Brock being a game manager and a system quarterback. Oh, no. Yeah. Here's the problem, though. He's going to be very mad at you. Is that, like, you identified with Dak, with Tua, with, and I mean, and I would still put Jared Goff, three of the top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. Brock's in there, but, like, Brock, a lot of it is, like, you're playing with all pros at every position we haven't seen you do it somewhere else with less talent. But I don't see how you watch what two is doing, what Dak is doing now in his third different in his third different play caller, mind you, in Dallas, and what Jared Goff is doing in Detroit, and and identify them as game managers. They are elite quarterbacks. That is what they are. I don't know how many game managers are in playoff position right now as we head to the home stretch of the NFL season. Yeah, you can be a system QB and be very successful and still be a game manager, but also I don't think any of the QBs that he said there. I think, I mean, the closest one in my opinion, I don't know. Jared Goff is probably the closest in my opinion. I know people hate that. I know I, Wes see, would like, be angry how, with me. How do you get to that? Like when you look at what his numbers have been in Detroit without Sean McVay and not the because skill position talent he had in L.A. Well, he still has very good skill position he, talent. He does. Though. And also he's got maybe the best offensive line in all of football, at least a top three unit. And you're also talking about him struggling mightily whenever he faces pressure, which is why Detroit's offense hasn't been clicking at a high enough rate. If you can get past that offensive line, which is an often then I think you can bother him but Jared Goff I know Wes would be listening and telling me that I am mad disrespecting Goff right now I still think he's had a very good year like he's still a good QB with Brock Purdy Brock Purdy is especially this game man like I two games ago 
when Brock had a bunch of touchdown passes, I think he had four touchdown passes, and all of them, all of the work was done by the wide receiver where Debo went crazy, and Debo broke a million tackles to get to the end zone on two separate occasions. Jawan Jennings close to the left sideline. That was Jawan making all of the moves to get to the end zone. You go to this last game, Brock was throwing it downfield and making some really nice throws. I'm going to give him that. I mean, you talk about the air yards on some of his throws, layering it in over the linebackers, underneath the defensive back, perfect throw to George Kittle, and then Kittle did the rest with his yak ability. Debo Samuel, down the field. That was a perfect throw from Brock Purdy to Debo down the field. And I think Brock Purdy is not a QB that Kyle Shanahan is a is afraid to let throw the football in crucial moments. He absolutely was with Jimmy Garoppolo. Scared to death to let that guy lose them the game. And so Brock Purdy isn't out here losing on his own. The thing about Brock is, with San Francisco being so good, you have to wonder how they play if they're down. You don't see it a lot of times without the lead. And then so when they play with the lead, it makes them that much harder to defend because you can't throw these high completion percentage passes. And then they can just take it to the house because all of those guys break so many tackles, including Christian McCaffrey. I don't think Brock Purdy is in game manager mode. I think he's more than that. The most ridiculous one is Dak. I'm sorry. Dak is throwing it downfield. He's maneuvering in the pocket. He's going out there and helping this team win games rather than quote unquote not lose. Are you kidding me? I mean, how about the end of the first half when he drills that ball into Brandon Cooks between the numbers and sets them up at the one yard line? That's not a game manager throw. That's not, oh, let's just make sure we throw dink and dunk 10 yards within the line of scrimmage. Now, Dak is out here throwing bombs to CD Lamb, throwing past the 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. Dak, there's no way in hell he should be anywhere close to game manager mode. Well, I mean, when you look at Dak, three different play callers, Scott Linehan, Kellen Moore, now Mike McCarthy. He's put up ridiculous numbers with three different guys. While the skill while the skill position talent has changed, Des Bryant, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke Elliott no longer there. The offensive line has changed. You know, you've lost your right tackle. You've lost your center. He's still putting up numbers. I know people are pulling up Tua, struggling without Tyreek and how he fell apart. But how much of that is the way that that offense is designed where he's a big part of what they do? Like, and, and look, that defense had a 14-point lead with three minutes to go and lost the game. So as much as you want to talk about them, the offense not putting the game away, the defense let a rookie quarterback come back from a two-possession game in the in the closing minutes to win the game. So I, I, to me, like Cam, this is why we like Cam, though, right, is because he's going to give us something every week, every other week to talk about because the guy's opinionated, and this one is just, well, a bad opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course I love Cam. He, he and Julius Peppers, I'll tell you, are probably my two favorite NFL players of all time. Watching both of them, those are my favorite guys. I even like Cam in this media space. I think he's very good at it. Yeah, this take for me, I, you know, Stanford P said that he's jealous. I don't, I don't know how much of this is jealousy or envy or anything like that. I, it feels like the other times he's talked about him not being in the NFL. Yeah, this was Cam when he was right. talking about him. Tell me how these randoms keep getting jobs. It's very true. Yeah. But what I'll tell you is it's not like Brock Purdy is a random. I mean, well, Brock Purdy drafted as a random, but he's not playing like one. Dak Prescott's not a random anymore. Tua is not a random. And so he can be angry about not having a backup QB spot somewhere. I understand that. But, I mean, right now, is Cam doing what Dak Prescott is doing with Dallas? Is he doing that with what Tua's doing? I, 
Even Jared Goff? Yeah, man. I, I love Cam. Love him. He's dead wrong about this. You want to finish up with one more soundbite? All right. So we know that the Bill Belichick rumors, they're only going to continue to heat up as his uh, future in New England comes into question. And yesterday, Tom Curran joined a CBS Sports in or NBC Sports in Boston and said the decision on Belichick, well, it was made after the Germany game two months ago. When they came out of Germany, conversations I had that week made it very clear that a decision was made and they were going to play out the string and at the end of the year there would be a parting of the ways for a variety of reasons. I think, and I wasn't told this specifically, but the main one being, you don't fire Bill Belichick during the season. It's just not going to happen. Additionally, though, he's an asset. He's under contract for another year, which we reported after ESPN or NFL media reported there was a long-term extension in place that would keep Bill locked up long-term. It's only through next year. So that would not be an impediment to them changing course. And it had gone too far. The Germany game, the Commanders game, the Saints game. All huge marquee games. And then there was a Chargers game after that. Just because they won last week in Pittsburgh in prime time, I don't think it quells anything. Are you prepared for more Bill Belichick, Dave Tepper discourse as this coaching search ramps up as the regular season comes to an end? You're going to be able to do both sides of the impression with both of those guys talking to one another as we get closer and closer to the coach hiring cycle because this is only going to ramp up. He's going to get one, two interviews. And you know Bill Belichick is going to be a finalist. I don't care if he has a Shane Steichen style of interview where apparently it doesn't go well. Bill Belichick is going to get two cracks at this thing because of his success. All he has to do is walk into the room and tell you, yeah, I'm Bill Belichick. Oh, good point. We'll give you another interview, even if it doesn't mean he gets the job. So this is going to ramp up as we get closer to them deciding who the next head coach is going to be. I don't think he would get it over a Ben Johnson if Ben Johnson was indeed interested. But now that Bill Belichick is heavily expected to be out of the Patriots organization, Ross Tucker talked about it when we were up in Boston for the Army-Navy game. Lots of people think this thing absolutely has a chance to happen. I feel like, and I'm requesting on air, I get a whole segment where I get to do the Dave Tepper interview of Bill Belichick. I cannot imagine our program director would allow that. A whole segment? Well, I mean, like, you know, we, a we, lot. we got eight-minute segments. I, I know, eight minutes. Hey, you're saying eight minutes? Would, yeah, that's just only eight minutes. Well, I mean, like, you know, you, one of y'all could be Scott Fitterer. One of y'all could be, you know, I mean, one of y'all could be Nicole Tepper. The, the all, One of the other, you know, decision makers that'll be a part of this decision while uh, Daddy Warbucks interviews Bill Belichick. All right, I'll think about it.